0: your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma10 and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply valid through June 30th. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every Managing our money in our 20s can feel like a bit of a challenge, whether you're saving for your first car or for a big overseas trip. It can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you are trying to manage your money in your 20s or trying to run a small business, Intuit helps you take control through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks and MailChimp. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T to start living yours. Let's get into it. where you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit today. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Psychology of Your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big life changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our Psychology Hello everybody, welcome back to the show, welcome back to the podcast, new listeners, old listeners, wherever you are in the world, it is so great to have you here back for another episode as we uncover the psychology of our 20s. Today we're going to talk about healing past trauma in a new relationship. Romantic relationships in our 20s are so difficult Because there is no guidebook to how we should be going about it. There are so many questions that go along with that. Like, should I delete the dating apps and try and meet someone organically? How long does it take to get over someone? When do I know it's time to break up with my significant other? But one of the biggest questions or conundrums I get all the time, which I will admit I've personally faced is, do you have to be healed before entering into a new relationship? That is a massive question. We undoubtedly carry baggage, trauma, memories, past experiences from the people we have dated and loved and been connected to and some of that baggage is not great, is not pleasant and it's perhaps something that we're not ready to unpack yet but does that mean that if you have not done all the necessary healing you should hold off on love or can you equally heal whilst being with someone new, someone who treats you well And helps you into that kind of self-acceptance self-love journey today we are joined by a brilliant guest who is going to talk us through a little bit about this very idea about healing past trauma in a new relationship welcome Tasha otherwise known as real talk therapist thanks for joining us oh
1: thank you for having me
0: (laughs) so if people are not familiar with your work you are incredible you post this just amazing content that is like factual, reasonable. You have, obviously you have a therapy, you are a therapist in your, in your like, in your real life, in your life. Can you like briefly introduce yourself and and tell us about your work?
1: Yeah. So I am a author, psychotherapist and content creator. Um, So I kind of the, Where it all started is I became a child and adolescent psychotherapist because I really want to work with children and trauma. Um, And then I did my training and I realized that actually loads of adults have this little child in them that has a story to tell. And so I found myself working with adults and their past traumas. Um, And actually particularly like on a topic, like you said, like a lot of people will find me when they're in a safe relationship and suddenly all their triggers are being pushed. Um, and then we'll start to kind of work together to understand what that is and where, where that's coming from. Um, and then I also have a social media platform where I share free content because obviously not everybody can access therapy, and, but everybody can access Instagram or TikTok. So I do my best to share healing prompts, tips, and encouragement um, to anybody that needs it. And then obviously through my book as well. For those of you who do not, or have not read this book,
0: It is amazing. It's called, it's called Real Talk. (laughs) So like you'll be able to find it. And it's kind of like one of those books, we were talking about this before, that everyone I think needs, no matter how much therapy you have done, because it will introduce you to just so many concepts around healing, around living your best life that we often don't think about. So I would very much recommend going out and grabbing that. And I just want to say thank you for coming on once again. Obviously, we're talking about healing whilst in a new relationship. I think it is so interesting what you said about how a lot of people come to you and find you when they finally are in this, like, safe relationship. They're experiencing safe, healthy love for the first time, and that is scary to them. I feel like that's because a lot of past relationships and experiences can sometimes cause us harm. Like, love is one of the most vulnerable Things, one of the most vulnerable emotions that we can have, and so there is going to be trauma that comes along with that. With I feel like anything that is beautiful always carries an underside of darkness or a way that it can be manipulated. What are some of the examples or maybe like instances of past trauma that you have come across that we tend to carry into new relationships? Yeah,
1: I think a lot of the time when people think about trauma, they think of the really big things, which obviously, absolutely are valid types of trauma, but it's not only those things that can um, be trauma that we carry. So yes, there could be things like um, abuse or neglect that we had from childhood or or even in relationships that we had in adulthood, but there could also be really small traumas. Um, they call them they call them little T's, I think they call them, I've forgotten now, small T's, little T's. Um, it could be as small as being a baby and, having a parent who never picked you up when you were crying. Um, And that might sound like a small thing at first, but actually it means time and time again, you learn as a baby that nobody's there for me. Nobody can attend to my needs. And so I have to, you know, fend for myself. Um, So even those little small things, or even a parent who doesn't give that much eye contact or um, a parent who calls you a crybaby, As a child, you know it. You internalize all of these experiences, and you expect them in your adult relationships, whether that's a friendship or in your romantic relationships. Um, And then the other thing is that you know when you've had those traumas or those experiences, it kind of shapes your brain in a particular way, and so you, even though those things don't feel comfortable, they feel familiar, and so you find ways to reenact them. Um, One thing that I find when people are in a safe relationship, their brain starts to panic. Like, wait, he texts me back? Like, when I text, he texts me back, like, what is going on? Like, what is this about? And we might get the ick or we might, you know, start to think that he's ingenuine or the person's ingenuine. But it's just the alarm system in our brain is saying, this is very different and I don't know if I trust it yet. Um, Yeah, I I can often look like that. That's actually
0: so interesting because I've had that experience and you were saying, oh, they start like texting me back. They want to see me. And I remember when I like first started seeing my partner and he was so like adamant that he wanted to make plans. And I was like, is this guy love bombing me? Like, is this guy a psychopath? Like, why does he want to see me so much? Like, what's his problem? But it's so true. We are so used to what we feel like comfortable and familiar with that we try and recreate that because that is like the only reality that we've ever known. How does, like, these... Because it's not just past relationship patterns, right? Well, I guess it is. It's past relationship patterns, but not just past romantic relationship patterns. It also has to do with the relationship we have with our parents, our family, our caregivers. How does some of this trauma impact our approach to dating or love, maybe through self-sabotage, self-abandonment, settling, a fear response like the one you spoke about?
1: Yeah, we we kind of have when this happens we kind of have this unfinished business um that needs to be you know resolved and usually like our inner child will be the one that carries that unfinished business and tries to make sure that it's it 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 gets what it needs um but yeah often we don't know how to, we know we know what we we know what we want to receive we know what we want to receive um love or to um iron out our unfinished business but we don't know how to do that. Um and then that's where the kind of self sabotage or destructive um things can happen. One thing that I noticed that if we've had kind of uh, a childhood where maybe our parents let us down or our families let us down in whatever way, many people will respond by being really hyper-vigilant not hyper vigilant, sorry. Many people will respond by being very hyper-independent when it comes to dating. So they'll kind of say, oh, I don't need anybody, or it's fine, I'm gonna like date loads of people, but they don't mean anything to me. Um, there's this kind of like, almost like, I don't actually need that intima- the intimacy, like the intimacy that's just so above me. Um, and actually that's fair, that's fair of getting too close to somebody because they might let you down and they might reject you. Um, yeah, and, and that's one way that it can kind of look is that we yeah we almost have this exterior um that we tell ourselves an exterior narrative that we tell ourselves that actually gets in the way of us actually receiving what we need and what we want Mm.
0: it sounds a lot like emotional unavailability to me like Mm -hmm. this sense of like i've been hurt in the past we are so hyper vigilant towards threats that may hurt us again in the future that we eliminate any possibility for that some of those possibilities, some of those opportunities are actually quite positive, would actually be able to rewire our brain, change our mind. It's really interesting what you talk about in terms of the hyper-independence, because I think that that is a way past trauma shows up in our relationships that is not often recognized. Because independence is such a celebrated trait in our society, especially in like Western societies, especially in individualistic societies, whereby being able to, like, provide for yourself, be your own emotional security, your own sense of comfort, make all the money that you need is, like, super admirable. But mm-hmm. I think it overlooks this thing of you do need a community. You do need love and connection to sustain yourself in a way. So how do you think, you know, if you've recognized that you are, you are hyper independent, how do you almost stop doing that like it's such a deeply ingrained behavior how do you unlearn those behaviors
1: I think it's about kind of asking yourself the question of what would it be like to receive something that is soft and warm and light and loving um what would that actually feel like and what ways am I likely to reject it or stop it or block it um, just just kind of noticing it I think is the first thing and just being aware of like what it looks like when you receive those things so, like when a friend gives you a compliment how do you respond um, when a friend says call me whenever you need anything and then you suddenly need something and you still don't call like what is that about um, so I think it's like noticing those things of like how you stop yourself from re- receiving what you actually do deserve but you're telling yourself that you don't need it for whatever reason um, and then I talk a lot about Leaning into the cringe, um, like a lot of people, I think, I, I believe that the things that we cringe at are the things that we actually desperately need, but we're too scared to say. Um, so whether it's cringing at a couple, PDAing, um, and hugging and kissing on the road, maybe that's something that we actually do want to receive, but we're like, ew that's gross I'd never <laughs> want that like maybe you do <laughs> yeah that um, a little bit more. yeah so I think like noticing when you have those cringy feelings and maybe questioning what is the need underneath that that I might be communicating through my cringe
0: mm. when you said that I was like wow that is I actually think that is so accurate because the other example I always think of is like um cringing at people who you know like um kind of like always validate their partner right i remember seeing this couple on tiktok a little while ago and it like went kind of viral it was this example of them doing like a love surge i don't know if you've seen this do you know what i'm talking about
1: no Okay, so no. it's
0: i'll send it to you because it's this really like lighthearted video where this couple is like when one of us feels a lot of love we get this thing called a love surge and we have to like hug each other and whatnot and all of these people were like that is so cringe like that is so disgusting that is like revolting And I remember watching that feeling that way and then obviously met my partner and was like, I get that. I get it. I wanted that. I wanted to be that loved that someone was willing to like put that online for me. So it is like a very interesting thing how our brain tries to like trick us out of recognizing our needs as like a protective mechanism in some ways. Do you think there are other like defense mechanisms as well that we kind of put up? Other than cringe is a big one, I think. Are there any others that like we might not, be able to recognize?
1: Yeah, I think like there's, obviously we, we can obviously like deny what we need or, um, but I think also like the the role that we play with that person, like if we're dating someone, um, some of us will, if we have childhood wounds or relationship wounds, we might find ourselves wanting to be rescued by our new partner, um, or for them to suddenly fulfill all of our needs, every single need we've ever had in our lifetime we want this partner to have to fulfill for us which is impossible and you know poor person to have to have such a huge responsibility um but yeah it it can feel like oh suddenly there's someone a hero here who can fulfill everything that I need Um, and that means that we put them on a pedestal and we expect them to be really perfect and when they make a mistake, it's absolutely devastating to us. I think that and this is different to like non-negotiable mistakes. Like if it was something huge like they were unfaithful, that's different. But if it's like a mistake like they didn't respond to your emotions the way that you wanted them to, but you hadn't told them how you want them to respond to your emotions. Um things like that, it's like we do need those mistakes to happen because we then we can grow the relationship and they can learn about you, you can learn about them Um, But for some people, it's like, no, I'm done. I'm out. Um, So, yeah, I think it's that how we deal with mistakes our partner makes and how we put them on a pedestal is is also a big one as well.
0: I can once again agree with that. Something that's really interesting about that is like the nitpicking and the sense of like, Mm. if this love isn't perfect, I don't want it. And constantly looking for problems that actually are not problems they're just an excuse for us to leave because we're feeling vulnerable when you saw when you Mm -hmm. talked about that of like oh my partner hasn't responded to my emotional needs but I've never told them why or small things like oh they didn't text me back within like two hours they must hate me the relationship is over and you could sometimes tell yourself like well that's a non-negotiable for me when actually it's just you feeling quite triggered by their response and it's really more symbolic of something deeper. Like you are actually not ready for this. You're not you're not prepared to be vulnerable with them. So I think mm-hmm. it's actually really interesting because this really leads into my next question: the sense of like a healthy relationship will challenge you. It will cause mm-hmm. you to question how you perhaps approached love in the past. Do you think that there is a necessary level of healing we need to do before getting into a new relationship? Or is there like, we can, is it that so that we can just heal in another relationship straight off the bat?
1: Oh, I think a bit of both. Um, I'll, I'll do a little bit of sharing here. So I'm, I actually got married this year, like literally. Congratulations. Oh my God, that's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, so fun. And um, I actually met my husband when we were 18, but it didn't work out. And then we reconnected when we were 28. Um, that is a love story. And yeah. <laughs> and for it to actually when we reconnected it everything just made so much sense but by that time I had had 5 years of therapy he had not, not had therapy before but he had had gone through a really big life changing thing that had happened for him um and so we had both changed in a way we were st- still the same people but we had a new um emotional maturity Whereas when we were 18, we were so emotionally immature. There was like, nothing could have, nothing could have seriously Mm. happened at that time. But um, I think there is something of like, some healing does have to take place. Some kind of self-awareness has to take place um, for you to be, or to even just start that self-awareness journey is is a great bonus. Mm. Like to then be able to go into a relationship with somebody else is also going to have all their own stuff, all their own histories, all their own baggage. And almost when you're in a relationship, it's almost like there's all this junk on the floor and you've got to work out together. Okay, that one is mine. I'll take this. This bet is yours. That's mine. That's mine. And you're almost like looking at the mess in between you and working out, divvying up. Okay, what is the stuff that I'm taking accountability for and what stuff are you taking accountability for but if we don't have that self-awareness we can't do that we'll be like oh all that stuff is all yours that's like none of that's mine <laughs> I've got nothing to do with all that stuff oh
0: my god <laughs> that's so true also that is such a beautiful story that you met at 18 and it shows that like people can mm-hmm. change but they can change in parallel uh, or like change in a way that looks different from the outside but it makes them more compatible I think it's a really that's a really beautiful story in terms of also like how people can change in a relationship alongside each other even if it looks different so congratulations on getting married that's so amazing I love being able to talk about brands that I use on the podcast and this is a brand that I've been personally using for over five years. Our sponsor Nature's Way Alive women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals including the full B vitamin complex to help you convert food into fuel. They also have calcium and vitamin D to support bone health and healthy hair, skin and nails. And for those of you who may be watching your sugar intake they now have a zero sugar version made with plant-based sweeteners including stevia extract and monk fruit extract with just two delicious gummies nature's way alive women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day to learn more visit naturesway.com slash gemma and use code gemma 10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins terms and conditions apply valid through june 30th Let's be a bit vulnerable for a second. The last few months have been quite stressful for me, leading to a lot of hair thinning, which is so much more normal than I first thought. About half of us are going to experience hair thinning at some point in our lives, but that doesn't leave you completely helpless. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to you based on your biology your life stage and lifestyle factors and the process is super simple take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code PSYCHOLOGY. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend NutriFol. For healthier hair. nutrifol.com dot com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code psychology. That's Nutrafol.com Promo Code Psychology. Many people feel anxious when they think about their finances. It can be really overwhelming, stressful, even feel hopeless, especially when we're in our 20s and we're first starting out and not really sure what to do. But when you have a solid financial plan in place, this anxiety turns into confidence. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you are trying to manage your money in your 20s or trying to run a small business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks and MailChimp. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit intuit.com, I N T U I T dot com to start living yours. Let's get into it. anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash visit pronamel.com today i think we're gonna we're gonna track back (laughs) now because like we're talking about marriage we're gonna talk about the opposite i think sometimes people jump from one relationship to Mm -hmm. another very quickly to avoid healing is that something that you've seen why do you why do you think that is
1: yeah i'm actually currently reading a book it's called really good actually it's literally called really good actually Really good,
0: actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's about a woman who um, is in a relationship for from age like 18 and they get married at 28 and then they get divorced two years later. So it's like a huge... It's a huge trauma. But she goes through a phase of just dating constantly, constantly dating. Um, and I think it's that thing of, like, emotional availability to ourselves. It is... Um, we... When we end a relationship or leave a relationship, we actually do have to be in a space of aloneness that a lot of us are terrified of. Um, We're taught that uh, aloneness is, you know, the worst thing anyone could experience and that we should avoid being alone at all times. There's a a whole air about being alone. And I think even like a lot of single people that I know and friends that I know often feel quite judged for being single at a particular age because of this kind of judgment. And so I think when we are finally alone, first we have to sit with that, oh, I'm alone, what does that mean? But also we have to sit with all the grief of grieving that relationship. And when we are grieving a relationship, it often brings up other experiences of grief that we've had in our lives. So if we've lost a parent or a friend, or if we're also grieving the part of ourselves that was in that relationship, or the life stages that we went through in that relationship, we're grieving a lot, basically. And nobody wants to sit in their grief like it's not the most fun mm. thing to do and also we're in a cult, we live in a culture which is you know grief avoidant we mm. don't we don't like to talk about death or losses or endings we just move on to the next thing um and i think that's where then there's this idea of like okay what is, there's a song isn't there? and then like a i can't remember her name now but there's a song that's like move on to the next one or something there's like yeah there's like so many phrases mm. of like if one thing doesn't work out move on to the next thing and oh it's like thank you next
0: by yeah yeah is yeah, it yeah, that
1: yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was
0: like racking my brain
1: <laughs> so it's like yeah it's our way of coping but it's obviously not great for us in the long run it's it's just a temporary um a temporary distraction.
0: And avoidance as well. When you said it, sometimes we're so afraid of being alone and we're afraid of our solitude. If you have been in a relationship for a while, or if you've been in an unhealthy relationship where there has been so much intensity, you're almost like addicted to this other person. You're addicted to the excitement, the feeling, the passion, whatever you want to call it. And when that ends, there is a huge hole left behind, a huge you're almost are like in the state of like withdrawal or detox where you are craving like the kind of connection that you previously had. You're craving that love. And so the first person that walks along, you're like, you, you will do just fine. Like you are like, who needs therapy when I can, someone else can like be a distraction for me. So I think that's like something that I see quite a lot, especially in our twenties when it is so easy to find people who want to casually date you like who aren't looking for commitment who are just down for a fun time you can go on a dating app and especially if you're a woman like you can find someone pretty quickly who will at least like want to get a drink um so it's easy and that's such a distraction it's such like a mask a facade that we put up where it's like if I don't have to see my trauma I don't have to deal with it
1: yeah and I think particularly for women or non-binary people like that can be super liberating because you know, we live in such a patriarchal, misogynist world, but suddenly you can go into an app where you have access to so many potential suitors and you decide who you get to see when you see them, how often you see them. Like, it can feel when you've just gone through a breakup where you feel actually quite helpless or with your feelings, like I'm having to hold all these annoying, frustrating, sad feelings. What do I do with them? I feel helpless. I know I can feel more liberated and, and you know, more... Um, productive by dating lots of people Mm. it's almost like you know yeah shifting the energy
0: that is so true and so fascinating I think you point out something really interesting where it's like you don't feel in control over the last relationship so you want to feel more in control you want to feel more in control you this like these apps this like dating system allows you to feel that way even if it is just like temporary even if it is a little bit of delusion so Say you are someone who has, you've broken up with your partner, there has been things in that past relationship that maybe you haven't healed from, maybe they cheated on you, maybe they were not particularly kind to you, maybe they, maybe it was like a situationship and someone has just treated you poorly, has it made you feel like you never really deserved anything more and you find someone amazing. What are some of the things to look out for in a new relationship that indicate that you have some work to do that maybe I'm going to use the analogy you gave before there is some junk on the floor that you need to, to pick up.
1: I think, uh, I guess one thing is noticing you kind of named it earlier. Like if you're picking at things, if you're picking at, this is a hard one because obviously we talk about red flags and we talk about, you know, obviously being quite hypervigilant to if the person you're dating is right for you. But, picking at things is almost like, it's almost like, um, so my supervisor calls it a now, a now story. So it's almost like you're seeing something in the now, but actually has nothing to do what's happening in the now. It's, it's everything to do what's happening in your past. Um, so maybe you're with someone and they looked at, someone passing by but for you it triggered you to think about the time when your ex was looking at other people or dating other people behind you but you know there's there's it's this thing of like you start to merge the two realities together so I think just noticing when you are picking at things really ask yourself first where is that coming from is it really you know from the now or is it potentially from the past or is it both um I think the other thing is to notice when you feel safe and when you don't feel safe so some people they find that they feel absolutely safe with their their new person but it's when they're apart that they don't feel safe and they start to question things um, and that might be your kind of history of you know absence if you've had parents that are quite absent or if you had a partner that's quite absent it's going to give you lots of kind of feelings of anxiety when you're away from your your new boo basically um so just kind of when that happens use it as a time to journal and think about where is that coming from and where else have you experienced that in your life as well
0: that is incredibly relevant to me when I was like I'm just sharing so much Tasha I'm just using you for free therapy (laughs) that's obviously (laughs) what that's what this sounds like at this point but I remember when I would be like totally fine when we were around each other and then as soon as they left I'd be like oh so they hate me Oh, so this is over. Mm. Or oh, like, what if this relationship isn't right for me? And I realized that it was because it's so easy to feel safe when there's someone there who's going to constantly validate you. But you have to be able to validate yourself and able to validate what you know about the relationship, what you know about the other person. Adding to that list of, of um, kind of signs that indicate unhealed trauma, picking fights or starting fights on things that are super Arbitrary. Obviously, there are. You should be feel free to express anger, rage, whatever feeling. But there are sometimes things where you're like, I'm gonna start this fight because I want to emotionally almost bait this person and see if they're gonna leave. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something from that really doesn't matter. I'm actually not bothered by it. But I wanna I wanna see how far I can push this person because you're kind of seeking this sense of like people have left me in the past. People have abandoned me. I want to know now whether this person is going to be one of those people. So let's put them through a little bit of a test here. I think that is a huge, huge one that we see. Yeah. And that's something that you actually need to, you need to be really honest about that with yourself because it can become really problematic or worse comes to worse. You actually end up losing them and you, and, and you didn't need to, like you didn't, this person would have been amazing, but they, but they were like, I don't, I don't feel like this is fair. I don't feel like this is justified. They actually have done the healing themselves to know that they deserve maybe something different. So part of that is like communication and being like, hey, actually, I'm not mad about that. I really just wanted to start a fight. Let's unpack that. How do you communicate with your new partner when you are reacting that way or kind of what you need, whether in those moments where you're trying to nitpick them, trying to push them away, what you actually need then?
1: Yeah. So I really relate to this one because it's it was me in my 20s. um, mm. And I remember being in a previous relationship where whenever we went on holiday, the third day would always be an argument, always be an argument. And it would always come from me. And again, it's a thing of like, this is the third day with somebody. How do I know if they still want to spend time with me? So let me just like... <laughs> pick at something to see you know unconsciously not kind of specifically but like unconsciously it was like oh it's like it's been so intimate let me it's almost does it feel safe so let me pick at something um one thing that helped with my relationship now so we had the most arguments of our entire relationship in the first year we actually don't really argue that much like we do um challenges each other but we, we're not very argumentative couple but in the first year loads um and one thing that we did was we had on our phone um because we both relate to conflict in very different ways we had on our phone uh, just a note which said kind of um what do I need when there's conflict and what does he need when there's conflict so he needs five minutes, 10 minutes to like go reflect, think about things. Whereas I'm someone that wants to be like, I want answers now. Um, so then we came, came we kind of had an agreement of what we would do. Let's have 10, 15 minutes. I write down what I need to write down and then I talk to you about it and then you go away and you respond, like, respond to it. And another thing that I also tell to clients when they feel triggered in a new relationship is to write down what your triggers are um and to share that with your partner and obviously that list might grow that's fine um but to share that with your new partner and also tell them you know share on the list what you might need when you are triggered so do you need them to leave you alone do you need them to give you a hug do you need them to say let's go for a walk or let me just you stay in the living room while I'll go and make you something to eat or order us something to eat um Whatever it is, you're communicating to them, you know, almost like a first aid kit of what mm. to do when you're triggered because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, they're triggered. They're angry at me or they're this or this. What the hell do I do in this situation? So you're at least giving them a toolbox that they can make use of. And then you're also getting what you need at the same time. That is
0: such a good suggestion, like, such a good skill because I'm the same. I'm like, I need you to validate. I need you to. Tell me it's all okay right now. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Like, I'm going to panic. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Like, not throw up. But I'm just going to feel really upset. I'm going to feel really anxious. I love the idea of that. I also think, I'm going to add to this. Mm-hmm. Just, in, if you really struggle with being honest with someone around what's happened in the past, around what you need. May my partner do this thing called vulnerable chats where we'll be like hey I want to have vulnerable chats tonight like tonight is the night that we're going to have vulnerable chats and so we both kind of get into a headspace of like okay like let's be a little bit nicer to each other not that we ever mean but like let's be particularly gentle let's like make this a gentle environment and set ourselves up for success here so that neither person feels you know not threatened but like yeah threatened by the other person not because the other person is trying to be threatening but just because they're not prepared for what's happening like they're not prepared for a big reveal or like a big truth session so I think that that is but I'm going to use your skill I'm going to use your little tip as well I think that's amazing so I have one final question for you what do you think is your perspective here do you need to be fully healed before you enter into a new relationship? Or can you allow love to heal you? Or can you heal whilst you're in a new relationship?
1: So I don't believe in the idea of anyone being fully healed. Um yeah like you you've read the the book like the first page yeah, was like yeah my, my therapist <laughs> that's why like, I asked you that question yeah, that's not like... real
0: <laughs> I'm setting it's you up first... for a particular answer
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the first page of my in my book is you, me in therapy and saying oh my god I can't wait to be this amazingly fully healed person it's gonna be amazing I can just like live the rest of my life and then my therapist is like yeah Tasha that's not real <laughs> there's no such thing (laughs) and like my jaw dropping and feeling like my parent just told me that Santa Claus doesn't exist um but yeah it's like you know there is no idea of this fully healed person we are going to be healing and evolving for the rest of our lives right until the very end of our lives and I think that's the most beautiful thing about being human is that we are going to be always changing and knowing about ourselves more and more each day um I think it does help to have it definitely helps to have had some healing work before you go into a relationship. Um, I would say it's absolutely vital, but it will add some ease into having, you know, self-awareness of, you know, we are part in the relationship. If you haven't experienced any healing before a relationship, then, you know, um, it is gonna be tough. I'm not gonna lie. It will, it will be very triggering at times. Um, but it also depends on the person that you're with, and maybe they've done some healing work, or maybe they have some self awareness, and being in their presence might teach you about your own self awareness and healing as well. Um, but there are so many, you know, great resources like this podcast and great books, and you know, there's so many things that you can access now that even if you are in a relationship and you're like, oh crap, I haven't done years of therapy yet, that's fine. You know, it's never too late. Um, just it's about giving yourself grace and space um yeah
0: grace I love the idea of grace it's like self-forgiveness like you're never gonna be the best the best partner like you're never gonna be a fully perfect partner parent friend colleague anything like it's always gonna be a bit of a work in progress and I love what you said about I don't think you can ever be fully healed and you can you can approach that and be like that is terrifying I'm going to hold back from love because I I remember when I was like dating again after my last relationship which was terrible I was like I don't want to meet the love of my life as the version of myself I am right now I don't Mm -hmm. think that if I met the love of my life they would love me because Mm -hmm. there's so much work to be done and then the more I kind of went on I was like well I don't think that I think that you know if they wouldn't be able to love me as well if I was perfect like there are things that i would want to share with them that wouldn't would be messy and would be ugly but i would hope that they would receive that and i would be willing to receive that from them so i think that's a really beautiful yeah. place to end it any final thoughts
1: um no i guess i was just i was i was just thinking about what you just said and that was a adding another thing but just another thing that can often sabotage us in our relationships is when we're trying to be yeah perfect or trying to be um perfect for our partner but not actually be our authentic selves um so allow your partner to see the mess they need to you need to um let your messes exist together so that you can like kill through it together as well and i think that's really important um and that's when the real relationship happens is when you can both be really real with each other
0: yeah that's when the real relationship happens absolutely that's like the perfect (laughs) place to like that is the perfect final message to leave with the listeners um I really hope that you enjoyed this episode I hope you learned something Tasha thank you so much for coming on that was such an amazing kind of insight such a great conversation I feel like I learned a lot where can listeners find you because you are one of my favorite creators I love your work I learn from your work and I think that everyone should have a bit more positivity in their feed what where can they find you on the
1: internet elsewhere so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as Realtalk.therapist. Um, and I also have a Substack and I also have a book. Um, so yeah, lots of places.
0: Yes, the book is called Real Talk. It will be linked in this episode description. It's incredible. I really it is the perfect like companion guide if you are, you know, trying to learn more about yourself. Obviously, you can never be fully healed, but trying to just figure out where you sit in the world and how to be a better version of you and really show up for yourself so once again thank you so much and as always if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you're listening right now make sure you give us a follow at that psychology podcast if you have an episode suggestion or just a question just a thought a feeling whatever it may be we would love to see you over there and we will be back next week with another episode anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash visit pronamel.com today It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock one at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it is the perfect time to try, like and share Black Lead products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black Lead products that are creating a new world of choice at Walmart. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair girl Bomb. Available at
1: conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath,